Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. So this morning we'll be hearing God's Word from Genesis chapter 13. Uh, continuing through Genesis, last week uh, we saw that God's kind of zeroed in His focus to a particular family, to the family of Abram. And we saw uh, God's care for his people as he called the family of Abraham, who will become Abraham. So if I think that, uh, Toby will call me on it, but, but just bear with me. And, but, uh, but God's care for his people that he, even though Abram was not like the best guy on his own, and Abram was not necessarily doing everything right, God continued to bless him. In fact, we saw him fairly severely disobey God last week. He left the land God had called him to. He went down to Egypt. He put his wife in danger um, to save his own skin, not clearly thinking anything of her, just thinking of what he could get out of it. But, but God blessed him. God protected him, and God blessed him and sent him back to the land. And so that's where we pick up the story this morning in Genesis chapter 13. So as I read Genesis chapter 13 this morning, I want you to think, who is this God? Who is the God that is described here in Genesis chapter 13? So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negeb. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negeb as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place where he made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you, uh, that you spoke to Abraham, that you met him in this land, and that you caused this word to be written down that we would know what happened to him, that we, this word would be preserved for us. And so we pray that your faithfulness to Abram would be your word for us this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you sink this word deep into our hearts, that it would not merely be information for our heads, 
but transformation for our lives, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, some of you are really wondering what I have in the bag because I, I, I promised a surprise and that it would be even better than candy. So do you want to see what I have in the bag? I have in the bag a little plate here. And on this plate, there are three Oreos. Now, are Oreos better than candy? Now, what's the problem with this plate, though? There's only three of them. So if I said right now that I have three Oreos and I was going to give them out in some way, could be the first one to get up here, uh, could be some other contest. If I said the first one to get up here, would there be a rush? There might be a rush. And some of you would rush and others of you wouldn't rush, but only because of social pressure. You would want to rush <laughs> because you know that if you weren't one of the first three to get here, are you going to get an Oreo? No Oreo. And if you take one, does that mean somebody else isn't going to get one? It does. And you'd feel kind of bad about that. But, but you're kind of like, but I, want, but I want the Oreo. And if they take it, then I don't get it. Economists call this a zero-sum game, that anything you get is taken from somebody else. And in much of our lives, we think of life as a zero-sum game, that if we don't take what we need. If we don't take what is best, we're not going to get it. We're not going to be taken care of. And if somebody else gets something that looks good, we think that we are missing out. And so as we look here in Genesis chapter 13, what we see is that we have two characters, right? We have Abram and Lot. And if you remember, which is a little a, a small detail to remember, so it's fine if you don't or if you weren't here for it, uh, Lot is Abram's nephew, and he has been traveling with Abram uh, and with Abram's family as they left from Ur, their homeland, because Lot's father had died back in Ur. And so he went with his grandfather, Terah, he went with his uncle, Abram, and he had been traveling with them on land of Canaan. So Lot is Abram's nephew. He is a, he's a fine guy. He's, as Abram says here, he's family. Um, but they have both, they both become very rich, and so Abram being the older, the more in charge, says, look, let's separate. Let's, let's each take our own place so we can have plenty of land. And what place does Lot take? He looks up and he sees over here in the land of Canaan, modern-day Israel, west of the Jordan, between the Jordan and the Mediterranean. Um, I've never been there, but I'm told, truthfully, it's not a great land. It's kind of rocky and hard to grow stuff there. It's a desert. And to the right, he sees the Jordan Valley, which is all full, is, is lush and green. And Lot's like, you know, I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take the Jordan Valley. And so he's like, I, I only see three Oreos on the plate. And if I give them to you, Abram, then I'm not going to get any. So I'm going to take the good land. And Abram, you gave me the choice and I chose. See, Lot, Lot's like, I, I got to look out for myself. And we can see, it doesn't say like Lot was a bad guy, but, but we can tell, right? Because one, he took the better land for himself. And it mentions specifically Sodom several times here that Sodom is not a good place. And so Lot went to live among the people of Sodom because it looked better for him. And we can look at this and we can say, Lot, don't, don't do that. That's bad. But we kind of know if there's only three cookies on the plate, then, I mean, but what if I don't get a cookie? 
right? So you got to take it for yourself. But what is the God here? Who is this God? What does he do for Abram? Abram has no concern. Abram has flocks. He has herds. He has the blessing of God. Because the message of Genesis chapter 13 for us, the underlying story of this, is that God owns the whole earth. And because God owns the whole earth, this is not a zero-sum game. There are not just three cookies on the plate for 40 people to grab at. In fact, there are boxes and more boxes and more boxes of cookies. So we don't need candy. We need Oreos today because this is the abundant blessing of God for us is that we have boxes and boxes of Oreos, at least, you know, for the child and for the child at heart. Um, but the abundant blessing of God is that, is that he owns the whole earth. And we see that here in the text. You, you can miss it, but look at verse 15. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. And just think about that for a moment. If God says, I will give you the land, what does that imply about God? It implies that he owns the land. He has the right to give the land. Even though it's already mentioned the Canaanites and the Perizzites were already there. So you might think, well, this is Canaanite and Perizzite land. And God is saying, no, no, this is my land. I own the whole land and I will give you what I will. And I will bless you how I will. And so what that means is that in God's economy, since God owns the whole earth, we do not just have three Oreos on a plate. It is not a zero-sum game. That if God owns the whole earth, he can do whatever he wants with us. He has all the resources that we could need. And so when we see other people being blessed, it's not taking away from our blessing. If we don't reach out and get what we want to take care of ourselves and control things for ourselves, it doesn't mean we're going to miss out. Because God owns the whole earth. And so that means we here, this week, we get to say, yes, be like Abram. Last week, it was not, not so much. Not so much be like Abram last week. But this week, Abram is a good guy. And Abram is doing things right. And Abram is a model of faith for us. And we can imitate his faith. And we can say, yeah, I can trust to do things God's way. I can give other people the better land. I can give other people the better blessing. I can stay far away from the, the, the dangerous people, the people of Sodom here. I can go where God wants me to go because God owns the whole earth. So how, how do we look at this? What do we see here to help us believe that, to help us know that God really has boxes and boxes and boxes of Oreos for us? Or if you don't like Oreos, maybe God has all the money that you need. Maybe God has all the relationships that you need. Maybe God has all the fulfillment and purpose that you need, all the intelligence that you need. How do we know that God has these things? What do we see here? We see three things about God and about his ownership of the whole earth here in Genesis chapter 13 that we'll go through quite briefly. First, God blesses abundantly. Second, God blesses surprisingly. And third, God blesses repeatedly. God blesses abundantly, surprisingly, and repeatedly. So first, he blesses abundantly. Just the, 
It's right there at the beginning, verse 2. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. So rich the land could not support them. They were fighting over, not, and it doesn't say that they were fighting because the land didn't have enough resources, though you know, maybe it didn't. It's, like I said, it's a rocky desert. But, but the, what the text says is that they were, they were quarreling because they just had too much. They had more blessing than they knew what to do with. They had to spread out. Remember, that's the whole theme here of Genesis, spread out. Spread out, fill the earth with the blessing of God that he has put on you. And so just as God blessed Abram with these things, God continues to bless his people. And there's, there's a beautiful picture of living in the abundant blessing of God a little bit later in the Old Testament. I just, I find this fascinating that in Deuteronomy chapter 14, uh, God is giving instructions to people through Moses for when they enter the promised land and things they're supposed to do there. It's Moses' last speech before they enter the promised land. And he gives them instructions about the tithe. Tithe is you give 10% of all of your crops to God, the first 10%. This is what he says, you shall tithe all the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year. But, so you think, okay, I have to, I have to give up. I have to sacrifice 10%. But this is what God says about the tithe. Before the Lord your God, in the place that he will choose to make his name dwell there, you shall eat the tithe of your grain, of your wine, and of your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and your flock. So the giving of the tithe to God was an act of celebrating God's abundance. They were just supposed to eat it. It's a party. I told you I like parties and that the church can sponsor parties because we have the abundance of God. And this, it's even better. If the place you go is too far for you to carry the tithe, you can't like carry your grain and carry your flocks there to the place where you're supposed to party all together. Turn it into money and bind up the money in your hand and go to the place the Lord your God chooses and spend the money for whatever you desire. Oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink, whatever your appetite craves. This is the command of God to take a tithe, a tenth of all that he has given you and go and eat it in a feast. It is the blessing of abundance to know that God, it's an act of faith to celebrate, to not hold on tightly, not hold on tightly for a rainy day, not hold tightly because is this the right way to use it, to give this or spend this or enjoy this? God says, no, I will bless you abundantly. So what, should, what does this mean for us? What does it mean to be the people of God? It means our lives should be characterized by abundance, that we are celebrating. We are generous with our money. We are inviting people to feast together. In this tithe here, they also took their tithe, they celebrated, and they invited to eat with them the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns shall come and eat and be filled. That was a party for all because God has enough for everybody. He has enough for you to enjoy. He has enough for you to share. So Abram could look out on all his flocks and all the land and say, Lot, take whatever you want, because we have plenty. We can celebrate and be abundant with that. So God blesses abundantly. Secondly, God blesses surprisingly. What Abram did was not the obvious choice, right? The obvious choice here would have been to try either to get the best for himself 
or to make a, a fair deal of some kind if he was feeling particularly kind, like let's split the good land. But instead, he just gave up all the good land. He said, take all the good land, and I'm going to go over here. And where, you know, who was the smarter one here? Lot, Lot was the smart move. That was the good financial play, was to go to the Jordan Valley. Now, there was a danger there. There was a danger there that the, the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. So, but, but Lot didn't think that was a danger. Lot just saw the good land. And we can think the same thing. We can say, well, I, but that's the good land. I need that. I can't make it without that. And God is saying, you need to obey me. You need to obey me in everything. And I will bless you even when it doesn't make sense. So if you choose to be generous and give up your money and give it to other people, whether it's in a celebration that you're inviting people to, whether it's giving it to people in need for their own use, whether it's sending it overseas for missions to use for the work of spreading the gospel all around the world, whether it's putting it in the offering basket at church for who knows what happens with it then, right? It goes to good things, trust me. But if you are, if you are acting in surprise, if you are doing things to obey God that don't feel like they make sense, God will continue to bless you in surprising ways. You say, I don't know if I give this up how God will provide. We don't know. There's a great story that I love. I've, I've probably quoted this story before. I, I know I've talked about Brother Andrew before. Um, Brother Andrew, who is known as God's smuggler, who took Bibles uh, behind the Iron Curtain back during the Cold War era to encourage the church there. But before he started doing that, he was a missionary in training at a school in Glasgow. Um, and he had, like, no money. At, well, he went with no money. He had no money. The school had no money. Nobody had any money. And his whole life uh, there, his whole time there was just an exercise in faith. And at one time, the, he tells the story of how he really needed something. He, he learned kind of make do with stretching his toothpaste and stretching his food and all these kinds of things. But he needed to renew his visa or he couldn't stay in the country. And he needed a shilling to send a letter to London that day to renew, his Lisa, to renew his visa. And a friend he had made down in the slums came up the hill to where the school was and asked him for money. And he's like, trust me, I have no money. And as he's talking to this guy, he looks down at the ground and he sees a shilling on the ground. And he's standing there and he's having this dilemma, like, what, what can I do? Like, I need the shilling. He's this guy, he's going to go and take it to the pub and drink. But he's standing there and he's like, I can't, I, it's just not right. I'm, I'm God's servant, and he wants me to be generous. And he reaches down, and he picks up the shell, and he's like, oh, here, I have this. And he gives it to the man. And the man walks down the hill, and he's like, what, what am I going to do? But I, he, had a, he says he has a lightness of heart. And as he turned around, the mailman comes up, and the mailman had a letter that day. And in it was a whole pound, which is a lot more than a shilling, enough for him to send his letter, enough for him to buy some new toothpaste, and some razors, both things he had been doing without for a long time. But there was no way for him to think that, that in the last hour of the day, he, was gonna, he wasn't expecting that pound, he wasn't expecting that money. But God provided as he walked in obedience. God provided for Abram, God provided, blessed Abram, he blessed Brother Andrew, and he will bless us as we follow his way. He blesses abundantly, he blesses surprisingly, and he blesses repeatedly. I don't know if you caught this either, but it struck me in verse 14 
when God promises the land to Abram, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. The thing that's surprising about this is he had, God already said that. He just said that last chapter. He said that in chapter 12. We read it last week. God had already said in chapter 12, verse 7, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So God is repeating exactly the promise he had just made. Why is God repeating the promise? Abram already knew that, right? Or did he? Because what happened in between when God had made that promise to Abram and when God says it here? Abram had disobeyed. Abram had gone down to Egypt. So what we see here, even though it doesn't say it in so many words, what we see is that God is reaffirming his blessing even after Abram's disobedience. So one, God blesses us repeatedly even when we disobey. He responds with his grace. God blesses us repeatedly. He just repeats it. Uh, because we need to be reminded. Even if we haven't explicitly disobeyed, we forget. He's actually going to repeat this promise several more times to Abram. And just like Abram needed his promise, we need that promise, that blessing to be repeated over and over and over again. That's why every Sunday we come to this table and we have this table before us every Sunday because this is the blessing of God for us repeated over and over again to tell us that the blessing of God was the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins, for those who had disobeyed, for those who did not deserve it, for those who had forgotten his promises, but for those whom God has chosen, us. That God has chosen us and he has given us his sacrifice and he reminds us over and over again. And it is a surprising sacrifice. It is a surprising blessing. When Jesus went to the cross, nobody understood it. Nobody understood that this was going to work except for Jesus himself. Satan didn't understand it. Satan rejoiced that night. Satan rejoiced and the disciples quaked. And yet in the surprising blessing of God, the death of Jesus was life for the whole world. And so he repeats that blessing to us every Sunday, every Sunday as we eat and drink. And it is a repeated blessing. It is a surprising blessing. It is an abundant blessing. For there is enough here for all of us. So no matter how you are feeling this morning, no matter whether you think you are good enough to receive the blessing of God, you have disobeyed him, you have been wandering from him. He's saying this morning that he owns the whole earth and he has abundance for you. And he wants to give it to you as a gift. And all you have to say is, Lord, I, I need to receive. I need your help. Will you bless me? Will you forgive my sins? Because I can't do this on my own. And then... You can go out and you can celebrate with his abundance. You can serve and you can give and you can sacrifice and you can take surprising paths knowing that God is in control of the whole earth. He has all the Oreos in the world and he will give you all that you need. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us and you care for us. We pray that you would sink this into us, that we would live in the reality of your abundant blessing and that we would share that with others, not holding on to it tightly to give just a little bit of excess, but sharing generously and boldly and widely that we may experience more and more of your blessing in our lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. 
To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.